You are Locked On Rockies, your daily Colorado Rockies podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into this Friday edition of the Locked On Rockies podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Ryan Latica, and to finish out the week here, uh, I got some Rule 5 draft news for you. If you've been paying any attention at all to Major League Baseball news over the last day, uh, the you'll know that the Rule 5 draft happened yesterday. Uh, now, before I dive into what the Rockies did yesterday uh, during the Rule 5 draft, I kind of want to just take you all through what the Rule 5 draft is, uh, because it can get a little bit confusing for those who aren't super familiar with it. Um, I myself uh, was was in that category uh, over the over the last few years. Um, I had to educate myself um, over the last few years about really what the Rule Five Draft was. Uh, so, without further ado, let's just dive right in here. So, the Rule Five Draft. Um, it's essentially well, it happens every December during the winter meetings. Obviously, the winter meetings not taking place. Uh, in a physical setting this year, um, after it was in San Diego last winter, um, I had the privilege of being able to attend the winter meetings in San Diego. It was a it was a blast, and I hope uh, that they'll be able to bring that back again for next winter. Uh, but this winter, obviously, it is taking place in a more virtual setting due to the pandemic. Um, but yeah, so the Rule Five draft occurs every year during the winter meetings. Um, it essentially allows clubs without a full forty man roster to select certain non-40-man roster players from other teams. Um, and the uh, the teams draft in reverse order of the standings from the previous season. Again, this is all coming from uh, MLB.com. I uh, just want to make that clear. I uh, just want to make sure that that you know uh, that you know that I'm trying to get you the, the full story here to, to be able to educate you as best I can about this. Uh, so, yeah, so the clubs draft in reverse order of the standings from the previous year. Um, and who is eligible to, to be drafted uh, in the Rule 5 draft? Uh, players who are signed at 18 years old or younger need to be added to their club's 40-man roster within five seasons or they become eligible to be taken away by another team during the Rule 5 draft. Now, players signed at 19 years or older need to be protected within those guidelines within their first four seasons with their club. Otherwise, they risk uh, being lost to another club during the Rule 5 draft. Uh, there is also so there are two phases uh, to the Rule Five Draft. There is a Major League phase and there is a Triple A phase, um, and so uh, the same rule applies for the Triple A phase, except for the players need to be on the 38-player Triple A roster in order to be protected uh, within their first four or five seasons, depending on when they were signed by their parent club. Um, there are no eligibility rules for the AAA phase, and I'll, I'll get to that in just a second. But essentially, um, if uh, for the AAA phase, if uh, the player is drafted, the player's old organization uh, is paid $24,500 by the new team, the team that drafted the player. Um, and immediately the player becomes a member of his new organization. That's from Baseball America. Uh, so just like that, um, in the AAA phase, again, if the player is drafted, by uh, by a different team, that team pays the old team twenty four thousand five hundred dollars, um, and that's just that. That's that for the AAA phase. Um, now it's a little bit more complicated in the major league phase. 
Now, um, in the in in the the entire Rule Five draft in the Major League phase and the AAA phase, selections aren't mandatory. Uh, but teams that do make a selection, they have to pay the club that they're taking the player from uh, one hundred thousand um, dollars. So essentially, if the Rockies uh, selected somebody from, let's say, the Miami Marlins. Um, the Rockies would then have to pay the Miami Marlins one hundred thousand dollars for that for that draft selection. Um, so yeah, so uh, teams uh, have to pay their so the new team has to pay the old team one hundred thousand dollars for uh, the player, essentially the the, the player that they selected. Um, that the players are then placed directly onto their new club's twenty six man roster. Um, if the play if the club uh, and they and that's where they will live for the next uh, for the next full season on on the uh, on the roster not on the 26 man roster but uh, on the team's 40 man roster um, now should the club want to remove the player from its roster it must first put the player on outright waivers to be claimed by other clubs now again this is um, this is after the player has spent the entire uh, first season with his new club um, and this is only if the if the team wants to get rid of the player. Um, so the player goes on waivers. Um, he's available to be claimed by other teams. Um, and then if the player clears waivers, which means that no other team claimed him, um, then the the team that the player is currently with has to offer the old team uh, fifty thousand um, dollars, or they have to offer the player back to that old team for fifty thousand dollars. Excuse me. So again, in my you know little analogy earlier. Uh, say the Rockies drafted somebody from the Miami Marlins in the Rule 5 draft. Then a year later, the Rockies wanted to get rid of that player. Um, that player cleared waivers, so then the Rockies would have to offer him back to the Marlins for $50,000. But if the Marlins didn't want him, if you know if the old team doesn't want the player back, um, then they can be outrighted to the minors with the player's current team. Um, and again, that's only if his original club doesn't want him back. The club that had him a year ago doesn't want him back. Now, I know that's a lot to take in there. Um, it's it's super complex. There's a lot of moving parts here. Um, I hope I did a good job uh, explaining this all to you. If you have any questions, obviously reach out to me on Twitter. Uh, my personal account is at Ryan Latica, L-A-D-I-K-A, and the show's Twitter is at L-O Rockies. Uh, but just to kind of boil it down for you, try to make it a little bit simpler here. Um, one team can draft another player. Uh, one team can draft a player from another team um, and then they will live on that team's roster for one year at least. And then if the team wants to get rid of that player after that one year, they have to put him through waivers. Um, if no other team claims him on waivers, then the new team has to offer that player back to his old team for 50 grand. Um, if that old team doesn't want him back, then the player can be outrighted to the minor leagues. So, so there's a lot of stuff that needs to happen here um, if, the, if the new team doesn't want to keep that player that they drafted a year ago. Now, before I take you through what the Colorado Rockies did yesterday during the Rule 5 draft, I want to kind of take you through some notable names in recent Rule 5 drafts over the last couple of years, because it is pretty interesting to kind of see, you know, where a lot of these names and where a lot of these players kind of got started. Um, so without further ado, let's kind of get started on here. Um, in 2013, uh, you'll remember Tommy Canley, former Rockies reliever. He was taken by the Colorado Rockies from the New York Yankees. Um, in the major league phase of that 2013 Rule 5 draft. And it's kind of interesting now that he is back with the New York Yankees on the major league club. Um, so Tommy Canley, uh, taken by the Colorado Rockies from the New York Yankees in the major league phase of that draft. And also in 2013, uh, current Seattle Seahawks quarterback Russell Wilson was taken by the Texas Rangers 
from the Colorado Rockies in the AAA phase of that draft. Uh, Russell Wilson, obviously the uh, arguably one of the front runners for NFL MVP this year. Um, you'll remember he was part of the Rockies farm system in Asheville uh, all those years ago. Uh, and again, uh, you'll remember from my podcast a couple of days ago, Asheville um, used to be the Rockies low affiliate. They are now no longer. The Asheville tourists uh, have been part of the Rockies minor league family since 1994. So certainly an end of a uh, of an incredible era of partnership uh, between the Rockies and the Asheville Tourists. But yeah, so Russell Wilson was taken by the Texas Rangers from the Colorado Rockies in the AAA phase of that Rule 5 draft. Uh, then in 2015, uh, you'll remember Luis Perdomo. That, that's a name that sounds familiar from a couple of years ago uh, in that dust-up between uh, Perdomo and Nolan Arenado uh, when the Padres made their visit to Coors Field, or their, one of their first visits to Coors Field earlier in the season. Uh, when Perdomo threw behind Nolan Arenado, that was kind of a uh, a series in, in which uh, tensions were really running high after a lot of players were hit. Um, and then it just kind of boiled over in that matinee Sunday game when Perdomo threw behind Nolan Arenado. The bench just cleared when Nolan charged the mound and it got into a huge mess um, and players were suspended. I, I think Nolan was suspended as well. Uh, but it is kind of interesting that Perdomo was part of the Colorado Rockies organization for a brief moment. Um, the Rockies then traded him to to the San Diego Padres for a player to be named later or cash um, in the 2015 season. Uh, in 2016, Josh Rutledge, you remember the former Rockies, short, Rockies shortstop. Uh, he was taken by the Boston Red Sox from the Rockies in the Major League phase of that Rule 5 draft. And then in 2017, Tyler Kinley who was a huge part of the Rockies' bullpen this past year, his first year with the Rockies after being with the Marlins. Um, in 2017, Tyler Kinley was taken by the Minnesota Twins from the Miami Marlins in the Major League phase of that draft. Um, so you can, it, it is kind of interesting just to kind of take a look back and see you know, how all these players really got started uh, early on in their minor league careers. Um, now, before I continue on... Um, you know, in a, in a few minutes, I'm going to take you through what the Rockies did uh, in their portion of the Rule 5 draft. Uh, but first, I want to talk to you a little bit about the Built Bar. It's the best tasting protein bar available. Uh, and they also have many different kinds and flavors, such as white chocolate, salted caramel, candy cane, brownie, coconut deluxe, and so much more. Uh, so you can be sure to find the right one for you. Uh, they even have a cookies and cream bar for all you cookie lovers out there. Uh, it only has 130 calories, 17 grams of protein, and only 5 grams of sugar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON to get 20% off your next order. Welcome back to this Friday edition of the Locked On Rockies podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Latica. So we just talked a little bit about uh, really what the Rule 5 draft is. Um, and, you know, we went through some notable names in recent Rule 5 drafts uh, just to kind of take a walk down memory lane to see where some of the former Rockies um, really kind of got started and in a uh, current Rocky in uh, Tyler Kinley's case. Uh, so what did the Rockies do in yesterday's Rule 5 draft. Uh, and as I mentioned earlier, um, selections aren't mandatory. Um, so teams don't have to make a selection in the Rule 5 draft. But the Rockies did. Uh, they also lost a player in the Rule 5 draft as well. Uh, but the player that the Rockies drafted uh, was right-handed pitcher Jordan Sheffield from the Los Angeles Dodgers. 
uh, with the seventh pick of round one of the major league phase. So Jordan Sheffield uh, is uh, automatically on the Rockies 40 man roster as of right now. Um, the Rockies also lost, uh, you'll remember, uh, Vince Fernandez, the outfielder. Um, he's a pretty prominent name in recent years in the Rockies organization. The Rockies lost Vince Fernandez to the Giants in the first round of the AAA phase. Um, so again, the Rockies had to pay the Los Angeles Dodgers uh, $100,000 for that Jordan Sheffield selection. And the San Francisco Giants had to pay the Colorado Rockies $24,500 for that Vince Fernandez selection. Now let's talk a little bit about Jordan Sheffield. Who is Jordan Sheffield? He is 25 years old and he is the brother of current Seattle Mariners pitcher Justice Sheffield. Uh, so they join um, the Seeger brothers um, as uh, another pair of brothers in uh, in professional baseball right now. Uh, so that would be pretty cool if we could see uh, Jordan and Justice both in the major leagues at the same time. Uh, but Jordan Sheffield was a former first-round pick, uh, 36th overall in 2016 out of Vanderbilt. And he was actually uh, teammates with Walker Bueller at, uh, at Vanderbilt, the current Los Angeles Dodgers starting pitcher. Um, he agreed to a $1.85 million deal when he was signed by the Los Angeles Dodgers. Um, and Jordan Sheffield has kind of had a rough go of it um, in his baseball career. Uh, in high school, he had to have Tommy John surgery, which is, you know, is, which is really, really early um, and, and not a really encouraging sign uh, for a player's elbow to be wearing out already in high school. Uh, but he had to have uh, the, the infamous Tommy John surgery um, in high school. He was able to recover nicely from that, though. He was able to, to touch the high 90s with his fastballs uh, when he was pitching at Vanderbilt. Uh, but command has always been an issue uh, throughout his playing career for Jordan Sheffield. And we'll get into that a little bit later. Um, in 2018, he was a part of the Arizona Fall League. Um, he played for the Glendale Desert Dogs, which is um, obviously uh, the team that uh, is in, that includes the Los Angeles Dodgers' top prospects. Um, so during the 2018 Arizona Fall League season, he pitched pretty well. Um, posted a 193 ERA in 10 relief appearances, no starts. Um, he started out his career as a starting pitcher, but has since moved to the bullpen. Uh, but he, in in uh, in 10 relief appearances, he struck out seven. He walked four. Um, he allowed two runs uh, in nine and a third innings pitched, and he also threw two wild pitches. So that's kind of what you're going to get with Jordan Sheffield. He's going to strike some guys out, but the command has always been a little bit iffy. Now, in 2019, uh, that was obviously the uh, the most recent minor league season that took place. There wasn't able to be a minor league season, sadly, uh, earlier this year. Um, but 2019 was his fourth season in the Dodgers organization. Uh, he pitched 49 games uh, between, uh, or he pitched in 49 games in Rancho Cucamonga, uh, Rancho Cucamonga and Tulsa, excuse me, um, the Dodgers uh, high A and double A affiliates. Uh, he posted a 327 ERA in those 49 games. Um, and he has a, uh, over the course of his minor league career, he had posted a 15 to 8 strikeout to walk ratio. Uh, so that's kind of what, what you'd expect from, what, what you can come to expect from Jordan Sheffield. Um, that's 7 to 4 strikeout to walk ratio in the Arizona Fall League in those 10 relief appearances, kind of on par with his career 15 to 8 strikeout to walk ratio. Um, the consensus from MLB Pipeline, um, if you go and take a look at his scouting report on MLB Pipeline, 
um, they, they do give him a, a, a good amount of praise, uh, which is certainly encouraging uh, for, for Rockies fans to, you know, we may see him up at the major league club sooner rather than later. Uh, but the consensus from MLB pipeline is that he is capable of elite swing and miss rates uh, with his fastball. And he was really able to regain his curve recently after he, after he lost that early on in his playing career. Um, and MLB pipeline uh, called that curveball um, an absolute hammer of a curveball. Um, and so that's, I mean, it sounds pretty good. Um, you know, obviously we haven't seen a whole lot of Jordan Sheffield before he joined the Rockies organization, but, uh, you know, as, as Rockies fans and the front office players alike will all know, uh, with the Coors Field hangover effect, uh, that is essentially, um, how breaking pitches don't fare as well at altitude, uh, than they do at, uh, at sea level. And so really with Jordan Sheffield, you want to kind of see those, those off speed pitches, you know, continue to have that, you know, the, well, the hammer esque quality to it, uh, according to MLB pipeline, uh, MLB pipeline also, uh, rated his circle change. Uh, they, they, they described his circle change as one that can flummox left-handed hitters. Um, and that's certainly uh, encouraging. Um, uh, when you, when you really think about the, the gauntlet of left-handed hitters, uh, that exist in the National League West at this point. I mean, from the Los Angeles Dodgers, you got Cody Bellinger, Max Muncie, Corey Seager, who are all, you know, total Rocky killers. Uh, you got Trent Grisham and Eric Hosmer on the San Diego Padres, David Peralta with the Arizona Diamondbacks. Uh, so, I mean, it, you know, hopefully, you know, you're thinking that that Jordan Sheffield can hopefully be able to to continue throwing this this circle change that can that can really keep these left-handed hitters off guard. That'll be a recipe for success if he's ever to join every if he's ever able to join the major league club. Uh, now this is kind of where the the uh, the concern starts to uh, starts to pop up for Jordan Sheffield. Um, MLB Pipeline continues that his lack of size, his effort in delivery, and his past medical issues. Uh, created persistent questions about his durability in a rotation, uh, which is why he was eventually moved to be a full-time reliever. Uh, but the obviously, you know, going back to his Tommy John surgery in high school, you know, you wonder how much mileage is even left on that arm in this point in his career, uh, because you never know how pitchers are going to re to to rebound after Tommy John surgery. Um, he's obviously able been able to to get a lot of that uh, that fastball velocity back. Um, and the the curveball and the changeup have have obviously fared well well enough to to be praised by MLB Pipeline scouting report, um, but we'll kind of, we'll have to just kind of wait and see how how much is left on that arm of Jordan Sheffield, uh, because Coors Field is a monster for pitchers. You know that's that's just the truth. You know there are a lot of cheap hits that fall in. Um, innings can really snowball on you very quickly at five thousand two hundred and eighty feet. So, you know, we'll kind of see what happens. Um, Jordan Sheffield may join the major league club sooner rather than later, um, but he doesn't have a good history of, he doesn't have a history of good command. Um, and so he'll certainly be a project for the Rockies. Um, and that's also kind of a discouraging sign when you, you know, if you remember the Rockies have been gutting their research and development team over the last few years from uh, a total of six members down to two. And, you know, when you think about the fact that Jordan Sheffield is going to be a project for the Colorado Rockies uh, with an already gutted research and development team, you know, that just kind of makes you cross your fingers and, and cringe a little bit and just hope for the best that, that this kid can figure it out in one of the most hitter friendly environments in baseball, both at the major league level and in the minor leagues as well. 
So um, we'll we'll just have to kind of see what happens with Jordan Sheffield. Obviously, we wish him the best. Um, hope that he can that he can come up and and be an effective reliever at the major league level. Now, just before we wrap up this episode, I do want to touch a little bit on Vince Fernandez, the uh, the prospect that the Rockies lost to the San Francisco Giants in the Rule Five Draft. Uh, Vince Fernandez was a former tenth round pick in 2016 out of UC Riverside. Uh, he was a he was the Rockies' former. Uh, 24th overall prospect uh, once he was drafted in 2016, or, or after, I guess I should say after he was drafted in 2016. Uh, his arm was considered his best tool, earning a 55 grade on the 2080 scouting scale, according to MLB.com. So he's got a pretty good arm. Um, and 2019 was also his fourth season in minor league baseball, uh, not unlike Jordan Sheffield. Uh, he made it as far as A Hartford before the Giants snagged him. Uh, just yesterday, and he also slashed uh, 257, 346, and 543, that's average on-base percentage and slugging percentage, with an 889 OPS in 2019 with the Yard Goats. He did strike out 86 times in 74 games, so obviously whiffs are going to be a concern with a 25-year-old, but, you know, obviously we wish him the best as well as he uh, continues his professional career in the San Francisco Giants organization. Um, and real quick, I do want to touch on this as well. Um, he was suspended 50 games in 2019 for testing positive for amphetamine. That was according to MLB.com. Um, maybe you'll remember uh, hearing the news a couple of years ago that that Vince Fernandez was slapped with a 50-game suspension. That means that um, that was his first offense in minor league baseball. 50 games is the first offense or the punishment for the first offense, I guess I should say. Um, so yeah, so Vince Fernandez wasn't able to play a full 2019 season after he was busted for messing around with PEDs. Um, so it certainly would have been nice to see what he would have had over a full season, uh, at the highest level that he's ever been at, at AA Hartford. Uh, but alas, we, we weren't able to see that and he was not protected by the Colorado Rockies. Um, so we wish Vince Fernandez the best in his, uh, in his new organization, the San Francisco Giants. Uh, maybe we'll see him again down the road with a major league club. Maybe not. We'll just have to to wait and see on that. So that'll just about do it for this episode of the Locked On Rockies podcast. Again, you can follow me on Twitter at Ryan Latica, L-A-D-I-K-A. You can also follow the show at L-O Rockies. And as always, if you ever have any questions or anything you want me to discuss on the show, I'll be happy to. Uh, Twitter is probably the best place that you can reach me. Just at me on Twitter, either at my personal account or on the show account, and I will be sure to address those questions. Um, Thank you for listening. Um, We'll be back next week with more Colorado Rockies content on the Lockdown Rockies podcast. Again, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. (laughs) 